to share a bit with you today about God's grace. I'm going to do that in two parts, uh, which will be recorded separately. During this first part, I'm going to share some thoughts I have. And during the second part, I will be sharing God's story of grace in, in my life. There is so much that can't be separated from God's grace. So many things that cannot stand apart. Forgiveness, mercy, love, patience, humility, just to name a few. But I'm not going to touch on most of that today because I am on a time limit. (laughs) I think we all have a basic understanding that Jesus dying on the cross to save us from our sins is God's gift of grace. It's a gift we can't earn, we don't deserve, and we won't lose. The basic definition of grace is giving people goodness they don't deserve. We know we don't deserve to be saved from our ugliness. But to make this a real part of who we are in our faith, we have to accept our need for God's grace. We have to accept certain truths about who we are and the need for Jesus' salvation. If we don't have an understanding of what Jesus did for us and why, the meaning of grace is lost on us. Charles Spurgeon wrote, The gospel preaching is this, You are a lost sinner and deserve nothing of God but his displeasure. If you are to be saved, it must be by an exact act of sovereign grace. God must freely extend the silver scepter of his love to you, for you are a guilty wretch who deserves to be sent to the lowest hell. Your best works are so full of sin that they can in no way save you. To the free mercy of God, you owe all. How many of us think of ourselves in these terms, ever? There is so much truth in that statement And if we contemplate it and compare it to what the Bible says of sin, we will understand our need for God's grace. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 says, I'm going to read it. Ephesians 2, 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. This is God's gift, and the only condition of God's grace is faith. So we can receive God's grace, even in all the ugliness that is us, just by having faith that God is God. It is a gift indeed. When we struggle or experience hardships, we gain a deeper understanding of God's grace. That is one of Paul's greatest teachings. Going back to the Bible. Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 20. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. 
without reflecting on our choices over time, which usually reveals the truth about our own sin, and or without experiencing the ugliness of others, like being mistreated, we can't fully grasp our need for God's grace or the power of it. A few months ago, Mike D. spoke on the spiritual disciplines, and he said the disciplines are given to us so that we can receive God's grace. At first, I did not understand the connection. Then it occurred to me, and it's so simple, we are going to fail. We are going to fail in the attempt, not just to do the spiritual disciplines, but at living godly lives. We will fail at remembering God's grace in our lives. We will fail at being a humble, self-sacrificing servant in our relationships. There are so many of life's pursuits that we're going to fail out. So we are reminded in our failures that grace is given freely, not because of our works, just like what we read in Ephesians earlier. Our struggles, our successes, don't determine the measure of grace given to us. And then there are other people in our lives that we have to deal with. It is so easy to be indignant, self-righteous, angry, and even shocked at the treatment we receive from others, whether they are a believer or not. Bear with me when I say that these interactions should first remind us humbly of our own sinful nature and that we too are capable of causing great damage. We are in need of God's grace as much as those who hurt us. Here's an example to hopefully make my point. There's a member of your community that always plays the one-up game. Not this community, of course, some other community. They always have a bigger and better story to tell. It's annoying. Their constant pride, desire to make themselves heard, or even their attempt to feel important in conversations makes it difficult to engage. What is our first thought? Do we remember that even though we may not be annoying like that, we are probably annoying in another way? Do we treat them with respect and dignity when we find ourselves in their presence or out of? Do we remember that they need grace in their struggles as much as we do in ours? Now here's a more complex example. You hear a story of someone who did something awful to a child. Do they deserve God's grace? No. Will God give it to them anyway if they seek after him? Yes. When someone has wronged us or even committed evil against us, God's grace is still there. It is his gift. They just haven't accepted it yet. To clarify, I'm not saying you should be besties with these kinds of people. Of course, you need to set proper boundaries and even maintain distance when it comes to dangerous people. What I am saying is that we should be ever mindful of the role of God's grace in our lives and in others. This is a struggle for me. <laughs> I have realized that I wasn't treating some people as though God's grace applied to them too. I really struggle with accepting that those who committed evil against me could receive God's grace, same as me. Ideally, it shouldn't be a struggle because who I am, who am I to be mad that God would give someone his saving grace? Understanding and accepting that God's grace is a gift to every single person on this earth is hard sometimes because maybe for us, we draw a line in the sand of who is and is not worthy of God's forgiving grace, but God doesn't. Do we know and accept that no matter what we've done, no matter what other people have done, God's grace is available at any moment to be accepted? I have one more thought to wrap this section up. It sounds cliche to say that God meets us in this struggle, but it's true. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16 says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We won't find judgment, scorn, or righteous indignation at the throne of grace. We find grace. But do we share God's story of grace in our lives? Do we struggle through do we struggle through sharing about our struggles and God's role in it? I understand the hesitancy to share, and sometimes the struggles need to stay private. But God deserves the glory and praise of his grace at work in our lives. As Christians, we should live life with gratitude for his gift. When we do, we will naturally show the world the powerful impact of God's amazing grace. And now, because I told y'all you should do it, I'm going to share the story of God's grace in my life. Uh, But first, I think we'll pause.